Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, the Seminole Headlines, on ESPN Radio begins right now, or continues right now, and it's uh, brought to you by our good friend, Heather Birch, Dr. Birch, Birch Orthodontics. Yay, Birch Orthodontics. I should have said yay sausage in hour number one. I did not. It became a signature thing now. Corey, you loved it that I did it. Uh, I, I, can, <laughs> no, I, I loved it that that was, your only, that was the only thing you'd ever say. Yeah. Yay sausage, and then you just sit there and let it fill the air. Yeah, until but we I, have to start talking. I, I, people got used to yay sausage. It has so many meanings. Yay good, Orthodontics. Good t-shirt. Yeah, yay, yay Heather Birch. The, the uh, you know, not, you know, Dr. Birch, if she wants to come through, maybe on your 50th birthday, Jeff. Okay. With a with a 50% off of braces. It's a way out. But, a way out. Yeah, yeah. It's not that far away. It's I a mean, good it's, bit of ways. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess that's probably it's probably not the same as doing 50% off. I don't think she's of, gonna get 50% off braces. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. I didn't get 50% off braces. Yeah. So <laughs> these people. I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, birchorthodontics.com is a website. If you're a kid or you or anybody in your family needs orthodontic work or a stranger, you could bring a stranger in to get a consultation. They'll get a free consultation, probably get a nice beverage there from the little beverage uh, thing that yep. they've got. They can play the trivia game that Jeff likes to play and uh, get some tremendous orthodontic work. They've got payment plans. They do incredible work, great customer service, friendly, professional, everything you'd want in an orthodontics. So birchorthodontics.com is a website. Check them out. Uh, Tony writes, welcome back, boys, and happy belated birthday, five-star. If you withdrew your name from the portal, do the coaches have to take you back, and will that reduce the number of players that you can sign in February? They do not have to take you back. And so for the the situation that probably spurred that question is Leonard Warner, uh, who went into the transfer portal uh, in December. 
He pulled his name back out of the transfer portal, but that has to be, you can pull your name out of it, but FSU doesn't have to take you back in a new semester unless they want to. And FSU does want to take him back. So he's going to come back next year. He'll play kind of that defensive end, the position that John Aris Robinson played uh, this past season. I don't know that he'd start, but he'll, that's where he'll line up. And, um, but yeah, they don't have to take you past the semester. So for example, Corey Durden opted out and announced he's going to go to NC State next year. And he went in the transfer portal. Well, he can finish up his classes at FSU to, to do that. He's got to finish up his classes, but he's not going to be on full scholarship with everything that a normal guy probably would have gotten. So Leonard Warner, they have to take you back if you've gone in the portal. Once you've gone in the portal, they do have to take you back. And then on the last part of it, if Leonard Warner stayed or left, it wouldn't affect how many players FSU can bring in. Because even though it would fill, open up a spot in the 85, there's only so many guys you can bring in a year. So and FSU is going to be maxed out no matter whether or not Warner stayed or, or left. So it's actually a good thing that he stayed because it gives him another body. This might be the pettiness in me, but to Corey's point, I have thoroughly enjoyed those that have declared that they are entering the transfer portal only to land at Boston College and NC State. Not a lot of guys moving up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah, good choice, guys. Kicking ass. Have fun at BC. Yeah, um, those, those Boston winners are awesome. Yeah. Uh, Ryan writes, Happy New Year, gentlemen. Thoughts on the basketball team after seven games. What's the deal with the free throw shooting? Well, the free throw shooting sucks, Ryan. That's the deal. Um, but I also think that that is still a pretty small sample size. They'll get it together in time. They're a better free throw shooting team than they've shown. They're not great. They'll be better. Uh, although I think this entire season right now is in jeopardy and is disjointed and very tough to get a handle on. So I don't even really know what to say about Florida State's basketball team, except for the weaknesses that they have are obvious and the strengths that they have are obvious. And I don't really know what we're going to get Week to week, I keep thinking to myself, if we're able to play games, Florida State's going to be really dangerous at the end of the season. Uh, they're they're flawed right now, but I'm okay with that. I just want the games to be played so I can watch the transformation process. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's hard to get a, put get any kind of feel for it at all. It, it is such a goofy season, and you know, obviously, people listening to this show know that they didn't play Saturday against Duke. They're not playing tomorrow against Syracuse. Who knows if they'll play Saturday against Pitt? Probably not because they're not practicing. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think this season is it's – a, it's a shame because it's probably Barnes' only season. Um, but uh, it's just kind of just enjoy that you get to watch college basketball. I would – I really wouldn't fret too much. You know, when they get to the tournament, I, if they get to the tournament, when they get to the tournament, I know you want them to win. But don't just fret. Just enjoy that you get to watch college basketball. And then next year it's all going to be back to normal, hopefully. But I can I can hear it in your voice, and you're not wrong on this one, uh, in that you're frustrated. And I'm frustrated because, damn it, man, they got screwed at the end of last year, and yeah. they very well could have been a Final Four team. And they're going to get screwed again this year with the disjointed nature of this yeah. season, as convoluted as it is, with a one-and-done kid. And it is infinitely aggravating. And I, I won't hide my frustration with that. It's nobody's fault. Clearly, nobody, you know, could predict what has happened. But it's so frustrating that Ham and the staff have done such a good job of recruiting and sustaining excellence only to get kicked in the over and over again because of this pandemic. I know that's selfish, but I think I am just echoing a lot of sentiments out there for Florida State basketball fans right now. This is this is really tough and, and tough to stomach. It, it definitely stinks. And it stinks for probably all teams around the country, but definitely for the one we're watching right now. But, but also the one saving grace to that just like it was at the end of last March, is that 
you know, they've got like the number one or number two recruiting class in the country coming in for next year. So it stinks not having Scotty Barnes. And I don't know that any of those guys is going to be Scotty Barnes level talent. They're not probably not going to be, but they're not far off. And uh, that, that from that standpoint, with what they've got coming back and, you know, it's just, it's the program's still going to be in good shape a year from now, but it's hard to, it's hard to, you just can't even go into the rest of the season with any kind of expectations because there's no telling how many games are actually going to get to play and what kind yeah. of development you're going to get to see. Brendan writes, excuse me, Brandon writes, happy new year crew with another season in the books and a Milton on the horizon. What are your post Jameis quarterback rankings? The candidates oh. are Smag, Golson, Hornibrook, Blackman, Francois, J. Trav, Costantino, Tate, and Chuba. <laughs> See, as oh, I man. said, as I was saying before, man, in 2018, if Jimbo had stayed, we got Costantino still, I think. Uh, yeah. Was he still around? Nice. Yeah, I mean, it, that thing, it was just about to really just take off. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough list, man. That's a tough no, list. Again, there are a lot of, there, we won't litigate it, but there are a lot of reasons that the program became what it became. I just will never be able to understand what happened at quarterback after three straight first round picks. Like Alabama every year has a running back that runs for 1,800 yards that's really good that's going to play in the NFL. It's just what they do. It's a factory, it's a pipeline. Florida State should have been that for quarterbacks under Jimbo. And Francois was decent in 16, but uh, maybe even better than decent. I, so I would rank Francois. I think Francois' 16 season was better than all those other guys. So he would be my number one. Then Smag, because he played on a broken leg in the Peach is, Bowl. And is, had, is, Milt, is Milton eligible for this competition or no? No, uh, no. Uh, then after that, it's a bunch of so maybe Smag's Travis? number two. I think Smag's, Smag's number, two. number two. Boy, that is hurtful. <laughs> yeah, Smag is the set. I mean, look, God, Francois is the best quarterback you've had in half a decade, and he wasn't good. We need to stop this conversation and move on to the next question. I mean, that's crazy. What a what a line of what, what a, a list line. of ass. That's yeah. just embarrassing. Yeah, that's like saying my neighbor Jerry was a was in this list. I mean, he's just as good as those guys. <laughs> hey, hey, won as many games as Costantino did. Jerry played at Lenore Ryan. He can throw around a little bit. You know, yeah. he's he's all right. Jesus. Chad writes, welcome back, fellas. I know we're trying speaking, to make hey, Speaking of your neighbors real quick, I ran into a guy a couple weeks ago during the holidays who uh, I think used to live across the street from you. Or you or his family did. He or his family did. Or parents did maybe. Anyway, uh, that was, uh, you know. What a great what a great story, Ira. Thanks for chiming just, in with that. Just a little neighborhood Jeff Cameron neighborhood. Uh, yeah, uh, I do live. I in want to give that guy a shout out. He's a nice people guy. People might think I live in a penthouse downtown, but you're just <laughs> out. I live in a neighborhood here in Tallahassee. With, a neighborhood with, with neighbors. Yeah, with, with people. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't though, really. You should have your own. You should have your own. You uh, should be suburbs. on a hill somewhere. That's true. The house on the hill. Yeah. That's right. Agreed. Uh, Chris writes, and I think Chris agrees with your sentiment, Corey, because this question is directed to me, oh, Jeff. Boy. You've set a high standard for local talk radio. Got to be one of the best in the nation. Question, what's your thoughts on the quality of sports talk that is daily fed to the public? Who do you enjoy listening to? Good radio people need to have a good voice. Feinbaum, for example, you have to tolerate his voice just to hear some news. Terrible listening. I turn it off every time. There should be a better national show. So this is really not applicable to Seminole Headlines at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he kind of snuck in just to ask Jeff a question. <laughs> Can you just give out your email address and he can just email that to you? <laughs> Chris, I'll answer that question. Uh, I'm the Jeff Cameron show from three to six. Uh, that's right. There it is. You nailed it, Ira. My man. You can't get past Ira. Um, 
All right, so let's keep it rolling here. I like this one. Hello, boys. Welcome back. This is from Butch. Uh, a thought occurred to me watching the bowl games this last week. Do you guys see similarities with Dabo's approach and, dare say, ego that somewhat mirror that of Jimbo's last year or two in Tallahassee? I see it in certain circumstances and wonder if you see things in a similar fashion. Take care. Well, the hubris of Dabo and the absurdity of some of his uh, ramblings uh, are similar, uh, where you lose touch with reality. Uh, Jimbo sometimes didn't seem to have a real good grip on the world around him and the things that people uh, thought about the program, thought about him, thought about what Florida State football represented, etc. cetera. Uh, Dabo has spent most of, most of this year uh, wildly out of touch uh, and often uh, saying things that no doubt uh, many Clemson graduates cringe to hear. But they're not going to say anything because he, like Jimbo Fisher, one at a rate and has one at a rate that uh, is tough to duplicate. In fact, nobody but Alabama has. So you can get away with a lot of the lunacy, but if you're just asking if we're beginning to see the signs, perhaps fraying in the edges, I hope so. Yeah, maybe. I, I just think, yeah, I mean, I just don't – Dabo's not going anywhere. You know, he's that's his place for life if he wants it. Um, he uh, It'll be interesting to see how he handles a seven-win season because it's going to come eventually. Um, and how he handles the fallback, the the blowback from Clemson fans, uh, because he didn't handle it too well a couple years ago when they beat South Carolina, but it was like fifty six to forty two or something, and fans were complaining about his defense, and he's like, "We just get too used to winning around here. We take it for granted." He went on that rant, so it'll be interesting to see how he handles that inevitable seven win season when it comes. But I, I think what what what's striking, I was thinking about this the other day, is like why we care what, and I know. Like Jimbo would go on these society rants and, and uh, uh, you know, try to compare football to life and try to make comments on life. And it's just like, look, you're a football coach, man. You know, nobody, I could get on Twitter and tweet about politics. Nobody cares about my opinion on politics. But I don't know why football coaches think we care about their opinion on things outside of football. This year, I understand it though, because of what we all went through this year. Like Dabo got in the hot water with good reason for all the nonsense he was saying about COVID. You know, it's well, and, it, but and and, and the NLI, the the NLI uh, yeah, stuff not he got in players, trouble about. Yeah, you know, when he's making nine million dollars a year. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I do think to the overall point. This in in the I can't remember his name or her name. Whoever asked the question, but but they're not the first person to say that. I've heard Butch. I've other people Butch other people I've heard other people around program have said the Dabo is kind of starting to sound like Jimbo a little bit. And I think it's the natural evolution of once you have that much success yeah. and you're in a small town, you get that much power. Um, that it probably happens if you don't check yourself or if you don't have anybody around the around you to check you. And that's why, you know, but but it there is a chance it leads to problems because when that happens, you know, for example, Tony Elliott, their offensive coordinator, I thought his he's unbelievable. I think he's done an incredible job the last few years. And if you've watched him speak, he's a super bright guy. He should be a head coach. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And if he doesn't get a head coach job or big time offers pretty soon, uh, we're going to have real problems because um, the only reason you could argue is because of the color of his skin. Uh, but he does a tremendous job. Well, and he's out for that game. And I know coaches have to dismiss distractions and all that, but Jim or Dabo really dismissed it. Like, oh, he, you know, I call some of the plays, so-and-so calls some of the stranger coach, some of the plays, to, you know, kind of really downplaying his role. And then, you know, they, they play poorly and they totally downplayed it again. Those are little things that 
create problems behind the scenes. And then, for example, the defense playing as bad as it has, does he start wanting to sit in on Venable's meetings? I mean, you start dealing with things that you don't deal with when everything's rolling. And so that's going to be interesting to watch. And, 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 and his, his people skills, which become harder to manage as you get more and more powerful. Well, I, I'm enjoying this for a multitude of reasons. But if you take what you just said, Ira, and pointing to some of the problems which can create fissures, if you will, I would also note his take on social justice, his take on some of the stuff that we saw come to light this year nationally, um, those issues, issues of race, issues of policing, issues of having a voice, using that voice as a voice for change, uh, rubbed a lot of African-American kids and a lot of African-American people and white people, for that matter, the wrong way. I want Dabo Sweeney to continue to talk because as he does, he proves himself to be the dolt we know him to be. And the more he does that, the better chance he says something that he can't take back. So to Corey's point, yeah, he's got a job for life because he's talking to the uh, the fine folks of South Carolina who probably echo his sentiments. But there will come a time that he says something that probably goes to a place that he can't then recover from. And I want him to keep speaking for that reason. I hope he's emboldened to just have press conferences randomly over the summer. And one, one thing I would say, you know, Ivan Mizell wrote a story a few years ago, a column kind of basically saying he could see Dabo being the next Bobby Bowden because he had some of the same characteristics in, in, in recruiting visits, the way he connected with uh, parents. The, folksy. Yeah, folksy, all those things. And and I actually, a lot of FSU fans were like, you got to be kidding, because nobody was really accepting Dabo of being that, that great of a coach yet. But I could kind of see it. But it when you see what happens to these coaches, the Jimbos, the Dabos, these coaches, when they start getting that power, it makes Coach Bowden all that more remarkable that he maintained humility, at least outwardly, really until late in his career. It wasn't until very late in his career when he got older and, you know, we're not as strong as we once were. A little bit more, yeah, yeah. Those things start cracking through a little bit. But imagine in the 90s when you got Spurrier being the way Spurrier's being, and Coach Bowden's just Coach Bowden. I mean, that 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 that's what's remarkable about him is that he maintained that during all that power and success. It's weird, so, too, that Dabo became kind of a, a villain around the country now. Like, people right. were very excited to see him lose uh, that game against Ohio State, especially after ranking Ohio State 11th. But I also think it had to do with, you know, calling a team a bunch of cowards for not playing you and, and all of his COVID nonsense for the past eight months. He's been wrong on all of it. Um, I just think he – and the NLI stuff and the social justice stuff. I, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can Google it. But, uh, you know, I just think he has become – it looked like he was going to be like a fun-loving, folksy, we all kind of root for this small-town guy coach – and he's he's turned himself into a bit of a villain, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he wears that hat. I don't think he I don't think he cares. He obviously doesn't. But um, you know the people well, he's easy. recruiting might care. Yeah, and it's easy to not care when it's only one or two media people here or there. When it's when you're getting it all the time, and you realize that that's how you're seen, it uh, it can have an effect on you. Yeah. Well, and I yeah yeah it, you're right. We should just leave it there. It, it'll be it'll be fascinating. I do think. Uh, it, you'll start to see little cracks here and there. It's very, very difficult to do what Nick Saban has done at Alabama, which is sustain elite levels of success for prolonged periods of time. It's one of the things that I have admired about a guy like Coach K, as annoying as he is, to get Duke to be a you know 
a year in and year out top five team catching everybody's best shot and not having the kind of year that roll it out there Roy frequently does, Corey. Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Back to headliner questions. Marlon writes, Happy New Year, gents and Ira. Does 2021 take us to the Sweet 16? Omaha and wins over our in-state rivals. Corey has me to believe has me believing. So UF and UM lost a lot of talent. That if Mike coaches the 2021 Knowles up, it may be possible with a brighter 2022 with those five-star legacies on the boat. Let's climb. Love the show. They do have a couple of five-star legacies out there that could be a big difference. You got Armella's son, uh, Enzo Armella's son, Julian Armella. Five-star offensive lineman. He's the number one offensive lineman in the country. Come on, number, baby. Let's go. Number, number six posi- player at any position in the country. And then uh, Marvin Jones Jr. is, is going to be Man, a five-star if they defensive don't, end. If they, if they can't get Marvin Jones Jr., <laughs> what, what are we – just shut the program down. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, that's him. crazy. Come on now. And he's a big-time Florida State guy. He's always tweeting about Florida State. He's not like one of those guys that just left. He's always tweeting about Florida State. He's the best defensive player in the history of the school. He would have, yeah, Marvin Marvin's senior would have to just hate whoever the head coach is at that particular time for him to not this is not a Devin Bush situation or where you know where they're gonna look for the best situation. Yeah, Marvin, I think Marvin's sending his kid to, to FSU. It would Unless be like Danny Werfel, Danny Werfel Jr. going and playing a quarterback at Miami or Florida State. I mean, come on now. Come on, Marvin. Marvin, I've written columns about you, how great you are. You're Jeff Cameron's favorite player ever. All time. All time, Marvin. It's not even close. Your number is in the stadium. Your number's hanging up in the stadium. Marvin, Dion doesn't even belong on the same field as you, Marvin. Come (laughs) on, baby. Get your kid here. Let's go. Let's go. And Enzo, Enzo, I remember you. (laughs) I don't remember. I remember you played at Florida State. I remember that. Not quite the same legacy as Mark, but I remember you. I'm not sure that that's the ticket with that one. Julian seems like <laughs> his own man, so you know they're gonna have to they're gonna have to win Julian over by himself. Um, but but Marvin Jones Jr. I think Marvin I think Marvin Senior is gonna make sure that one happens. Well, I think everybody is shook by having lost Jennings, so it's kind of like, man, what are we doing here? We can lose anybody. Let's go. That's not where did he end up going? He didn't even go to Michigan. He went somewhere uh, else, Maryland. Locksley oh, got him, man. So I think we know what happened there. We know hey, what happened. Hey, 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 come don't on now. We don't. Jeff. Well, listen, let me tell you something. When I saw that he decided not to go to Michigan and instead went to Maryland, I was personally offended. At that point, you know, I don't do that thing that everybody does online where they at recruits and stuff like that, but I did say you can go to hell. That yeah. was ridiculous. Nice That's choice. Ridiculous. Why would you ever go to Maryland? There is no reason whatsoever, ever, to go to Maryland as a football player. Zero, none, nada. They never win anything ever. ever. Even when Boomer Esiason was there, they would, they would go. They'd win seven games. They're only known for a big comeback. That's yeah. the greatest moment in Maryland football history. Was some ridiculous comeback against Miami thirty-five years ago. They had a nice. By the way, man, and you guys know I don't watch the NFL much. I saw my man Frank Reich the other the other there night in an go. interview. Yeah. What happened? I mean, the last thing last thing I remember, he's not twenty-two years old, the quarterback in Maryland, and all of a sudden he's. He's older than me. Oh, Frank. Yeah, and that's old. Oh, Frank led the comeback of the century. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, two of no, them. listen, uh, they, we just named the only two players in Maryland football history. We just named hey, yeah. the, uh, when, <laughs> no, Don't was... forget Stefan Diggs, who was a part of that great 13 Maryland team that we all remember. <laughs> were, oh, were and always have been a problem. <laughs> Man, alive. I just... When it, when he did that, I I was personally offended. I was, what are you doing, man? That's man, what are, what's your going to be reaction if Marvin Jones Jr. goes to Florida? I'm going to retire. Oh. I mean, we. I mean, I can't. I'm going to. I'm going to. I. What would be the reaction of Florida State fans at that point? Marvin Jones Jr. Has, has an entire fan base ever committed suicide at the same time? Just, like, yeah. Everybody just walks into traffic. It can't happen, and I think it would reflect poorly on you, Marvin Jones, if it does happen. So <laughs> let's just make sure there's no chance of any kind of weirdness like that. And I mean, some people would say, "Look, he's his own. He's his son. He's not his dad. He's his own man. He gets to choose his own those thing." Those people would be wrong. And also, some might say Marvin Jones Senior did enough for Florida State already. He had he had some great moments. That's not true, Marvin. No, you got not. more. You got more out there to do. You've got more to give to this great program, Marvin. You left a year early. You well, left gonna, him hanging in the wind in 1993. I've got, of, I've got a lot of faith that things are going to be fine because I ran into Marvin Jones when we played Miami a few years back, told this story on air. He was walking with a friend of his who was a Canes fan. We all have those people in our lives, unfortunately. You forgive it and you move on. But Marvin was walking with his buddy, and I reached out and shook Marvin Jones' hand, and Marvin was wearing jeans and a kick-ass Florida State shirt. He was not drawing attention to himself. He was there as an avid fan. Now, when we shook hands, I felt like a small child because his hand went halfway up my arm and made <laughs> right. me realize that when he got his mitts on you, it had to have been a terrifying few mm. seconds as your brain processed the, the realization that the great Marvin Jones was holding you in his arms. It's and too it's bad not- you didn't get a chance to block him in high school. Oh, my God. Your team's never played. No. And I would have never. I mean, my God. That's I would have pancaked him every other play. (laughs) It's like when you see guys like that and you meet them and you shake their hands and something like that, and you you, you realize, my God, this is a a beast of a man. It reminds me of when we used to sit there and look at uh, the great defensive. Who was blocking Corey Simon? We're mutual friends with Corey Simon. Who was blocking him in high school with an ass that goes from here to Texas? What are you going to do with that? I mean, that is, it had to have been the worst feeling in the world. That's why I think it's so hard to evaluate linemen. Yes, Because sometimes they're just so much bigger and stronger that it doesn't matter. Like, they don't have to do anything. So you don't know how they're going to do when they actually have to compete against somebody with a similar size. Back to my man's question. You know, it is an interesting time, though, like because there are some people in the fan base who are like, man, three and six, are you kidding? We just got blown out by Pitt, by NC State, by Louisville. This program's never been lower. Who is this guy? What You know, I mean, you can understand why people would feel that way. And then there are other people who are like, man, I really feel like there's potential. There's really, you know, you can see some things in the, in the near future, especially when you, some of the things they've got, I mean, they got this kid, Travis Hunter, who's also in that class. Yeah. He, he might end up being the number one player in the country. This Georgia defensive back out of Corey's uh, neck of the woods up in Atlanta. That's right. He's unbelievable. Like his junior year stats, he had like, I mean, it's, it's, you got to look up his numbers on defense. He had like 50 tackles, eight interceptions. He caught like 20 touchdown passes. I mean, incredible athlete. Every game he played in, he's the best player on the field. He's been committed to Florida state for months. Everybody assumes there's no way he's going to stick because I mean, everybody in the country is going to want him. He, he wasn't that highly touted when he committed. Then you got those Marvin Jones jr. And like, if, if they could have a big time class, some people are like, man, 
that we might not be that far off. So it's like these two polar opposites. Um, I think we're probably somewhere in the middle, but it's an interesting time for the fan base. I think it's, it's, you really can't underestimate what having, and we'll see how much of it they do have. You can't underestimate how valuable it is to have a normal off season, to have time, as we alluded to earlier in the show, in the weight room, to get bigger and stronger and to eat right and to build a culture. And then from there to have, you know, the summer workouts that players gather together and run some semblance of your offense. And then to have a normal spring and go through those practices and have a spring game and then build to the fall. Like they didn't get to do any of that. And they were a new staff trying to change who the program could be or what they were both in the locker room and on the field for a new staff dealing with a buildup of four or five years of deteriorating culture this was a devastating set of circumstances. So they're not going to be good because the, the, the base talent isn't where it needs to be. But I think they're going to look a lot better next year just in terms of functionality of the offense. And certainly the defense has got to be better, if not Adam Fuller's in real trouble. But until that time, he gets afforded a pass for this, this last year, I guess. But I think they're going to be worlds better. They just won't be good. And you can say both can be true. It's all right. We just got to get that defense into the top 80. (laughs) It just makes conversations difficult at this time of year because some people are so down and some, and finding everything to be negative about. And some people are, you know, probably optimistic beyond, beyond, you know, reason Uh, because you know, you get a, you get a McKenzie Milton. That's exciting. I mean, it's it's really exciting. exciting. Yeah. Oh, listen, I got no real worries with the offense right now. They're coming along. We got to get some receivers in here, and we got one coming. And that, okay, let's go. Defensively, I still have two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you, Adam Fuller, because the, the cohesiveness of that defense, the coordination of that defense was not on display at any point this year. Hey, man, they just have five guys from that defense declare for the draft, so they must have been pretty damn good. Yeah, good point, Ira. Very good that's a That's a better question than is a defensive end with no sacks, or it's an equally good question. Yeah. Has the defense ever finished 109th in the country or whatever it was, had five guys declare for the draft? <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. We're going to get a new plaque for the uh, area Ooh. underneath the stadium where the smokers are. What are we going to yeah. do? What did you do with the old plaque? I held on to it. It never, it never left the office. It's here. It's like uh, when somebody uh, gets left at the altar and they, they hold, they keep the ring. Yeah. Like an album that was never released. And then, you know, like 20 years after that guy dies, they're like, listen, we had this in the vault. He didn't want it released, but here you go, fans. Here you go. Have it. It'll be like Corey. It'd be like your Wake Forest preview. Yeah. Yeah. I I did write that story, didn't I? Yeah. And then uh, they canceled the game. Because I didn't write, I hadn't written the Duke basketball one yet. And it got canceled before I wrote it, so that was. Well, we that did was, a, we did a big court report for the Duke basketball game that we couldn't run. That's a couple hours I can never get back. It's lost, but it's also just lost. Nobody gets to hear that brilliance. Yeah, that's right. And there was some insight there that you wouldn't believe. So if somebody, <laughs> if, if somebody, if somebody hires us to do a cameo, you could just play that. Yeah, that's what they get, they get. You get the lost. Hours. You get the lost court report for the Duke game. <laughs> I'll, I'll read a column. I'll just read one of my columns to you <laughs> on cameo. How about that? Seminole Headlines continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, we're rolling, boys. Let's keep these headliner questions going. We don't have as many today. I don't think that they realize necessarily, Corey, that we were coming back on in a timely fashion. 
I mean, I do all I can do is what I do. I mean, if they're going to drop the ball, we can always move it over to Twitter. Uh, we get a lot more questions on Twitter. Get, yeah, a lot of people asking for them on Twitter, too. So we'll well, see. We'll listen, to... I, I've always said that if you'd like, you can send those questions to the Seminole Headlines moniker there on, on, on Twitter. Uh, and we'll read through those as well as the Facebook ones. We'll combine. Right. Yeah, well, uh, it's Noel's Headlines, I think, is the official Twitter. There's two. Yeah. There's another one out there that, that is not really used. I think it's Noel, at Noel's Headlines. We'll send a request out. Well, I, we'll have to get Tom to do it. Or no. With uh, our guy that runs it, it's not yeah, Tom. He'll, he'll do it. Um, and then uh, Je- Corey will do his Facebook one. And Jeff, now that he does this big pre-show work on the questions, yeah, he'll you'll he'll pick bring... the best ones from each. Oh, and I, I think awesome. that's fair because I, I, you know, Facebook feels like 2012 ish. I'll be honest with you. It's also annoying. We I haven't been on, on Facebook. MySpace. Like, I haven't been on Facebook like for reasons that I'm sure both of you can understand. I haven't been on Facebook like as myself since probably April. Or May, except to like, uh, you know, maybe I posted about Brady having a good tournament or something right. or hitting a home run. But other than that, I haven't been on Facebook in six or seven months because it's a good, who would it's a good go? Place for, it's a good place for vigorous debate. That's true. I didn't think about it like that. And, and a lot of people changing their opinions. If you if you counterpoint with like a, an actual fact, it, it I, I see that a lot. A lot of people like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, point. Facebook thought about it for that very reason, Corey. They were going to do something where their catchphrase or their motto was a place for contemplation. But right. it, didn't ha- it didn't happen. It didn't yeah. happen. It should, you know, I would have suggested they do it. It's good PR. Uh, Tony writes, welcome back, boys. Happy birthday. Oh, I already read that one. Uh, Joe just writes, happy birthday, Ira. Matt writes, I wonder if Dabo thinks he can beat Ohio State five out of ten times. Uh, <laughs> I bet he does. Uh, he definitely does. On a serious note, has Brent Venables been stealing offensive signs this whole time? Ohio State claims he has, and that's the reason they blew out Clemson is because they caught on to his tricks. Well, yeah, he, been, if he has, he's been doing his job. Yeah, I, I don't think there's – it's not like the uh, – what do you call it? the Astros thing? Uh, right. You know, no. yeah, that's, that's why Jimbo has towel boys. I right. mean, because they're all coaches try to do it. Um, so well, I'd like to believe the gig is up. Yeah. I think yeah. The, 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 I guess the frustration for some coaches was that it's like, we've talked about before. It's like everybody's speeding, but then somebody's going 120. Sure. Like, you know, apparently he's got like 20 analysts who are yeah. all deciphering. And then they're, you know, Venables isn't calling his defense until they've done their next level, uh, yeah. Spygate. So, so that that's I can understand the frustration, but I think that was part of it. But also, man, Ohio State's good, and Justin Fields played his ass off. That's and, the best game Justin Fields has ever played. Man, he yeah. made himself a lot of money. He I mean, made himself he, a lot of money because those were hurt. unreal throws that he was right. making, uh, especially down the field with what looked to be broken ribs. That was insane. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, I would dare say they were uh, Jake Fromm esque type throws. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go, Corey. Let it go. Uh, no chance am I letting that go. <laughs> he could have been throwing for. He could have been making those passes for Georgia in the playoffs. Every time he completed one of those sixty-yard bombs for a touchdown in the game against Clemson, which I think he did nine times. Yeah. Uh, like. Every time it happened, I thought, "Boy, Corey's got to be shaking his head right Couldn't now." Couldn't use that. Couldn't use that in Athens. Well, listen, just hand it off forty-five go, times in a row. Go find the Georgia baseball player, the raging racist, you know, and, and have a conversation with him about it. Yeah, because there are no racists in Ohio, apparently. You know, would Please you, not uh, want to lean out over the stadium <laughs> walls to scream at their impending quarterback. What you should do, man, and since now all these interviews are Zooms, and, like, you could get on Kirby's press conferences, just yeah. show up every week. And, like, all right, next is Justin a Justin Fields jersey? Like no, in a no. Justin Fields, Ohio State <laughs> jersey? Next up, we have a Corey Clark from Rivals.com and 
where he's like, uh, yeah, coach, I just want to, can you take us back to uh, the decision to let Justin Fields leave to stick yeah. with uh, Jake Fromm? Well, yeah, like uh, yeah, the, the start of the uh, 17 season, coach, uh, the, sorry, the 18 season. What did you see from Jake Fromm in practice that was like, oh, he's better than this generational talent that I have? What was he I doing? Would I would love it if you did this. This would be the best bit in, in college uh, uh, talk radio and in, in podcast history. If you literally next year attended every one of via Zoom, those press conferences, and asked a question about what he saw about Fromm and Fields, I'm tell- I'll pay you. I feel like know, they'd I, stop I, calling on me. I know, I, know I've asked you, I know I've asked you six weeks in a row now, but – but but again, take me back through. Yeah, yeah. Kirby, uh, I don't know if you watched the Jets game on Sunday, but uh, Fields threw for three touchdowns, and I can't find Jake Fromm on a roster in the NFL. No, Can no, you so, take me back through that scenario where you chose Fields over him? Hey, Corey, this needs to start in the spring, and then you can really let your intentions be known right out the gate. First question, Coach, should the Georgia fans trust your ability to evaluate quarterbacks this spring? Yeah. And here's why I ask. And then, then, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you remember that Fields versus Fromm debate. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you what your thoughts were. If I'm yeah. a Georgia fan and I have some questions about your ability to assess the quarterback position based on your assessment of Fromm Fields, what would you say to that Georgia fan to allay his concerns? Yeah. 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 Kirby would take that well, I bet, three years yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and then he gives it? the answer and you go, okay, coach. And then next week, there you are on the Zoom. Yeah. Coach, I've done some more thinking about the from Fields answer you gave last week. <laughs> what did it been like? What did it been like? Uh, Don Shula going with David Woodley over Dan Marino. Uh, would that have, would that have been equitable, or would would it? What would it? Well, how would you compare that decision, uh, Kirby? Coach, yeah. do you think this is very similar to when was it was it O'Brien at NC State who let oh, Russell yeah. Wilson go to Wisconsin? Yeah, and for Glennon. And- Coach, you remember in in 13 when Jimbo Fisher chose Clint Trickett over Jameis Winston. Oh, wait, no, he didn't do that. (laughs) He didn't do that. He went with the guy that was an all-world talent that led him to a national championship. That's right. That's the difference. Coach, this one's a little bit different. Your thoughts on their decisions, the decisions (laughs) to do what they did. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to gain Matthew writes, any chance getting a new ACC commissioner speeds up the timeline for Xfinity to get the beloved ACC network? You know, there, it might feel that way because I think I do think the Comcast deal with ESPN's up like in a year or yes, so. Let's go. Oh, let's go. Well, let's go. Just a year. So Will we be vaccinated by the time yes. Xfinity gets the ACC network? Yeah. The three of us? Mm, yes. Yeah, yes. I think so. Yes. You think we'll we'll I'm going to say no. Well, oh no! Then that's that's bad on two fronts. Yeah. I mean, it's the vaccine hasn't rolled out like you got we it want. backwards, and, buddy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll say yes. Uh, but you didn't answer the question. You don't think that it does? Well, I mean, just- he's. I mean, he is going to help. I mean, I do think he's got a reputation for being a really good negotiator. Uh, he was apparently very active in the Big Ten with their deals to get their yes, he television was. package, which is much much more lucrative. Um, so I think he'll be helpful. But the biggest thing was. You know, ESPN was really hoping that they were going to force Comcast's hand and make them negotiate earlier than they wanted to, but they couldn't do it. And so they've got to wait. And when that well, deal. Part of that, Ira, was that you nailed it in advance on the Jeff Cameron show with your weekly 4 p.m. Monday interview. We went over this subject at the time that it was hotly debated. And you said, yeah, here's the problem. They have zero leverage because there's right. three years left on the deal. <laughs> and so yeah. you can hope all you want. 
But yeah. you know that's going to be as they re- renegotiate that contract, then they can muscle the ACC network through. Hey, one thing real quick while we're talking about the ACC network, though. one thing I hope this guy does is really rejuvenate that network. I mean, like it, we, we already know the quality of the football here isn't very good. They went 0 and 6 in the bowls. This conference has some problems in terms of the quality of the football, but also the programming, man, like it's, I don't know, man. It just needs, it needs to be fresher. It needs to be, it needs seminal headlines. It needs needs something. There you go. There's the truth. Let me tell you something real quick, Ira. They made the greatest decision they have ever made from the beginning of the opening day of the rollout of the ACC network to right now. And that was to rerun the Clemson-Ohio State game in prime time after it already concluded. They ran it not once but twice. Yeah. I say, play it on a loop, boys. Play it on a loop. It was a classic. Well, done. well thought of, guys. There you go. Anyway. just uh, Matthew writes, any chance? Get No, just read it. Michael writes, what a fantastic postseason watching Clemson, Miami, Florida, all suck ass. I know there's spring, summer, but it's mighty tempting to start thinking about fall ball. There's obviously four games most people are scratching off as losses, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida, and Miami. But I feel there's significant turnover going into the fall with these four when you look at turnovers. Of the four, which do you think we can steal a victory from? Uh, I would say Miami. Probably yeah. it'll be here. Yeah, that would wait, will it? Yeah. Where's Florida and Clemson gonna be? I think there's a feeling it may it may be back at Clemson. I mean, that's absolute nonsense. We'll see. We'll see. But you're gonna reward that doofus. So they get Florida State has to play their two yeah, times they're not in a row. Upset the, I, I had this discussion before. I don't think they can upset the apple cart. The Florida game will be that's where the it's problem. supposed to be. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just you you gotta get back on schedule. So I don't know. You I don't though. So you're gonna go three years without having a uh Florida and Clemson game at home? Well, I mean I don't know. What How the does answer Florida is. State benefit from that? Just they don't. make adjustments. No, man, COVID has adversely affected everybody. What are you gonna do? Why wouldn't Florida State push to have Clemson, Florida on this schedule and well, go back they can to Miami? Push all they want, but Clemson and Florida can go pound sand, guys. They're not going to. Our do. fault. Yeah, I guess. I that just seems. I mean, what what does it matter? I mean, to they've Florida? got their own schedules that they have to deal with, and now they've got to play eight road games or whatever. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think it, I, we'll see what happens, but I don't think it's going to happen. But regardless, my order of of beatable would be Miami because you get them at home. You get. Uh, Notre Dame in a season opener after they lose 16 starters, breaking a new quarterback, new offensive line. Yeah, you got this right. It's going to be Miami, Notre there. Dame, Florida, Clemson. There it is. Yeah, that's the ranking. This is really easy. Uh, Seminole Headlines returns in a moment. Hang in. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping it up, Chris writes, Happy New Year, fellas. In your time covering Malik Beasley... <laughs> Malik Beasley, okay. That's I'm going to stop there because that's already great. That's one we didn't see coming. Happy New Year, fellas. In your time covering Malik Beasley, did you ever suspect he would become such a mess? Actually, that's a fair question, and the answer is yes. All of us did because the whispers were out there before he ever arrived, and then when you got a good look at him and you saw what looked to be a famished 140-pound man as opposed to an elite. No, no, no. no. no Malik, Malik you're talking about Malik Henry. Oh, my bad. I was going to say, I'm sitting there going, what? I didn't what see that I didn't hear any whispers about Malik Beasley. Jeff heard whispers we didn't hear. My bad. No. I just Malik and I was scarred, and I recoiled for a second and went on a rant. So, yeah, because 
Malik, that's right. Malik Henry was the reason 2018 was going to be yes. such a great year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never saw or heard anything problematic no. with Malik Beasley. That's just me. In fact, the opposite's true. I thought he was a joyful kid who loved everything about Florida State, its fans, and the culture. I never saw any problems on the horizon for him. The only thing that gave me pause with him at all was his mom seemed to really enjoy him being a college basketball player out there. And she was on Twitter a lot. And yeah. She was a, a sort of actress. And the dad was a sort of actress. The granddad, I'm almost that, positive, that was, was in. That was a sort of actor. Actor, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the granddad, I'm almost positive, was the, the defensive coordinator in Rudy. I think the, in one of those and, movies, yeah. Yeah. So he, and he's been in some other things. So he's like a legitimate. But that was the only thing that gave me pause. But no, he seemed like a, a, a fine, upstanding teammate. And uh, he's, he's, He's playing really well. He's averaging like 17 or 18 a game for the Timberwolves. And I would say one thing, man, like a lot of his drama is women. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. not like he's out Both robbing those, banks. Yeah. Corey yeah. knows all about that. Man, you know. you, it, tr- trust me, Malik. Me and Malik, I mean, can, you, can you tell us apart? Yeah. You're going to have yeah. to say something. You got to get toast and check, Malik. What's going on? Which Malik are you talking about now, Corey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Uh, James writes, hey, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the gang, happy New Year's. Man, it was great seeing Dabo get his ass handed to him. What's the news on fall ball practice from the Diamond? Are we going to look good this year? Yeah, we're going to be good this year. They got arms for days. Literally, they have. I watched them play their fall inter-squad game, and I think he pitched 15 guys. Literally, I'm not making that up. 14 of them were hitting 91 at least. Half of them were 95 or better. It's just that's it, it, you know, it, and none of them left. It, you know, none of them left. So the problem is that the baseball programs that you're competing with to get back to Omaha have a similar situation. All yeah, of them well, have in Florida. Stacks and stacks. They're talking about this Florida team is like the best they've ever had, which is like. Are it's you just serious? One, yeah, yeah. Because none of the guys left, yeah, and they I, got they got normal Florida, Florida arms. I that Florida team that got shut out at home in the last game they ever played in that stadium by this Florida State team. No, That's no. right. Shoved I'm it right up their keister. Oh, two nothing. Suck it is what the yeah, you like that meat. It's a whole different ball game, O'Sullivan. Meat's in their head. They'll never get right. Right. They haven't beaten meat. He's been here for a year and a half now. They still haven't beaten him. It's flipped big time, boys. It's flipped big time. Florida's in trouble. It's a pendulum. It's a pendulum, and right now it's down at Florida State's way or the there's other way. I don't know how it works. There's exactly. a lot of sand in there. Yeah, the sand. yeah, it looked like my scale you were doing there. Yeah, the scale. I said pendulum. I meant the scale, the scale full of sand. It's a pentagram. All yeah. right, so yeah. for, uh, for Ira Chappelle and Corey Clark, I'm Jeff Cameron. Be well, everybody. Good to be back with you. Talk to you next week. Peace. Seminal Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, every Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio Audio Vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio, Tallahassee Sports Monster.